never did reply to all the words I wrote back then But maybe you just couldn't find a pen Could it be you had nothing to say? I'm still checking on that mailbox every day I never could quite figure out the how and why and when But maybe you just couldn't find a pen listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bianyash. Today I'm here with Catlin Matheson, also known as OK Man. Hello, everybody. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm doing good. I'm glad that you made it all the way down to uh, the state, uh, the campus here to come and talk to me. Um, it's cold outside. It's a little cold. You know, I, I don't really mind... I'm glad I live in Manitoba because did you know Manitoba has the most clear sky days of any province? Oh, I wasn't so expecting you to say if that. It's, if it's 
cold, that's one thing. But if it's cold and gray, it really gets me down. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it's blue skies, I'm, I'm usually sky. fine with it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Did you know that it's really cold here and there's actually a place on Mars called Winnipeg? Um, <laughs> I didn't. It has the same temperature. But yeah, that's uh, that's brutal. Yeah, I that's love fitting. Winnipeg is so special. Yeah, um, I saw somebody. I think it was uh, Propagandi posted something the other day. It's like, if you rag on Winnipeg and you're not from Winnipeg, like we will be extremely yeah, angry. I think it was harsher. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, harsher language than that. <laughs> we will end but, your life. Yeah, uh, because only we understand how terrible Winnipeg is and how, is, awesome how wonderful it is, it is too. Yeah, absolutely. So we just finished listening to your song "Eternal Optimist," which is from your soon-to-be-released album, uh, "Little Mercy." Mercy. Little Mercy. Mersey. It's kind of a Z sound. Little, Little Mersey. Mersey. Yeah, Little Mersey. Um, which is really cool. It's your cool. debut album. Yeah, debut EP M- album. Much anticipated yeah. and um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be uh, decided. Yeah, well, we'll but yeah, see. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. It comes out on Sunday, um, November 26th. Saying you are playing, and uh, So Leaves is opening for you. Yeah, so we're, we're uh, putting together a cool little, I guess it's like a... Uh, it should be a fun release show because it's on a Sunday, so it's a little bit earlier, a little bit more relaxed, but it will still be a party. Um, I think Slow Leaves is an awesome local musician and band, um, so I'm really excited to have Grant on board. He, he's been on the show. He was on here not that yep. long ago, right? He's, he's actually been on it twice. Oh. When it was still a, um, a, a, bl- a, blog. a blog, and then cool. uh, he's actually one of my, like, my very first like interviews that wasn't someone I knew. We just mm. like were sitting at a Starbucks and we we're talking, and then suddenly he's like, he stops, and he's like, oh, look, it's Fred Penner over there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, very cool. And he's like, you should be interviewing this guy and, and then i've actually interviewed him now which is crazy. oh that's awesome what actually one of my first gigs as okay man yeah i was set up to play and and they are sitting right there was uh, fred penner so weird really so like, what a man but, yeah he's what so a cool, cool. dude yeah. they're probably the coolest guy um mm. well one of the coolest guys um anyway um so yeah the release is on sunday <laughs> november 26th at the goodwill what time um so the doors are at seven and the music starts at eight so slowly will be at eight i'll probably start right around nine um, but definitely get there to check out Grant and Slow Leaves. He's fantastic. Oh, they're so awesome. Wonderful dude. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be a cool one because, you know, it's a Sunday, so you can get out, have some fun, and then, you know, probably be in bed by 1130 yeah, and, and still get will. to work on Monday. Yeah, it'll be cool. I think it'll be nice. What's the, how much is cover? I think, uh, yeah, so cover's 10 bucks. You can get tickets in, a, no, tickets at the door are 15, or you can get uh, advanced tickets at the ticket fly link it's on my instagram bio or at okay. the on the the goodwill site mm-hmm. um and I they're can 10 include, bucks in advance i can include links to that on the podcast for oh, people who right are on. um like i don't know where to go just go to winpigmusicproject.com uh later today and i will include links for that so everyone can find it easy and get your tickets because you have to come to this show it yeah will be, it'll be a fun one it'll be I put wonderful. in a lot of work to the to the show we've been making it kind of a cool show we got synced up lights and all that stuff so it'll be fun okay i, I want to talk more about that later because uh, i for people who maybe aren't familiar with your music, uh, can you give us a little bit? Like, what, what's your? I've learned the term elevator pitch. What <laughs> what's you, my elevator pitch? Yeah, uh, my elevator pitch is that I wish I took the elevator from the parkade, but I took the stairs, <laughs> and and it was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, you know, it's it's kind of folk music. Like, I mean, this album kind of bounces around, and I think it's in, influenced by the last couple years that I've spent now living in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's little bits of kind of that. You know, I grew up in Brandon, Manitoba. So we had an AM radio station <laughs> called CKLQ and uh, it played, you know, kind of old honky tonk crackly country. And 
it wasn't something I associated myself with, but it's starting mm-hmm. to peek peek through. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's folk. There's there's del- you know elements of indie rock, indie folk, um, some kind of lo-fi country. But again, the whole thing was recorded to reel to reel tape. So it's it's got a very lo-fi DIY fun vibe to it too. Mm-hmm. And why did you decide to go that route rather than traditional? current modern i guess recording yeah i don't know I, I find old things interesting in general i like old music i like old art like i think there's something beautiful about the way things age um people things cars music movies so um i thought it was really fun and, and the fun thing about making little mersey is that mm-hmm. i teamed up uh with one of my best friends who's a producer in norway his name is nils nils martin frisk Borstrand. Oh, is that the name on uh Yeah, if you open up the, yeah. the EP, it says, I made this with my friend Nils. So yeah. I flew back to Liverpool, England last year and uh, recorded it with him. And, and we were just, he, he bought an old reel-to-reel tape machine off, I don't know, Gumtree, which is the English Kijiji. And we just started messing around with it and, and recording demos. And it was kind of, it wasn't in perfect working order, so it had some quirks to it. And that was fun for us you know Mm -hmm. it was cool that we could record something onto a little piece of magnetic tape like that you could hold in your hand and then like crumple it up put it back on the reels and it would actually wobble and and you know reflect like you could actually touch it which Mm -hmm. was so cool to me um i think it's weird you know like growing up and and making music in today's day and age so often the music that we make the actual recordings they're not tangible you know we don't touch them that often mm-hmm. because they're just digital files you can send them across the world in, in two minutes yeah like i sent the files to you this morning you mm-hmm. know but it was a whole nother thing to be like whoa i can touch this this is on tape you know a little piece of plastic that i can wiggle with my fingers <laughs> it was it was exciting yeah. and so the whole process of making the cp mm-hmm. was fun because it was a blend of like of course we you know use logic and pro tools which are um, digital audio workstations they're the recording programs for computer yeah and we were using the internet to send files from norway to germany to england to winnipeg but the files that we were sending were being recorded to and eventually bounced through an old 1932 reel-to-reel tape machine so it was yeah. a blend of these two worlds that that i found really neat and that's kind of the sound that we ended up with that's really cool have you ever thought are, are you doing any kind of like limited edition special like cassette versions of like the album i thought you know i i don't know i i, I can't decide on the cassette thing i i don't know necessarily just because it already sounds tapey so if we double up on the tapiness and put it on it's like yeah. okay now we're getting like into <laughs> crazy lo-fi world but um yeah, I mean, on the EP, there's a side A and a side B. It's kind of built in that era. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the packaging is very much, it's got the runtime on it. It's very much in that world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks really fancy. Like, Jared here at the station was gushing over. He's like, oh, it looks so cool. Yeah, I work with That's the... what Jared sounds like, by the way. He sounds like that. <laughs> he sounds like that. I would check. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Um, um, I can look out the window. Yeah. He's shaking his fist at you right now. Is he? Um, yeah, I worked with a local designer. His name is Adam Globa. Mm-hmm. You can find him on Instagram at Adam Globa. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so awesome to work with because I, I sent him basically a whole bunch of boxes, literally of reel-to-reel tape. You know, you'd buy scotch tape mm-hmm. or um, realistic or um, technique. So these are companies that make this. And I sent him a bunch of these boxes saying, like, I basically want it to look like a blank um, reel-to-reel tape box from, you know, 1960 three or whatever um or even before then so that's kind of what what we came up with and i think it's kind of neat reflects it, yeah. what it sounds like it I think. looks really cool i like how you're going with all of this like you're just really embracing this kind of 
I guess, time in your life where you were inspired by this kind of stuff. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get involved in music? How did all of this even start? Oh, how did I get involved in music? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been making music semi-professionally or professionally, you know, since I... I've always done music, like I was I in bands, know. and I guess you don't know, and most almost everyone listening also doesn't know, other <laughs> than my true. parents. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in bands all through high school and t- toured Canada with a band called Effect and Cause, mm-hmm. which is like an indie rock, southern rock, Kings of Leon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we toured, and we had an EP, and that was fun. And then, and then I went to university for music in Edmonton. Uh, shout out to my Edmonton fam. I guess they can't hear this except for on the internet. Yeah. Um, they will hear it. Eventually. They will hear it on the internet. Um, yeah. So I went to school. I studied jazz and classical composition there. And then from there, oh, I went classical to composition. Yeah. I did classical composition and jazz and composition. Jazz. Yeah. Okay. So like film scoring, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so. And so like, what, what kind of uh, pause? Yeah. What kind of schooling did you do before that? Like, or did you just like, hey, I, like I went this. there from high school, from high school. So did you do anything kind of in compositionally in high school? Um, not in the not in the like I mean I listened to a lot of classical like I was a weird I was a you know weirdo teenager and I loved Gustav Holst the planets and, and things okay. like that so um, and I listened to a lot of you know Chet Baker or mm-hmm. um, Billy Holiday okay. or, or even just um, without without vocals a lot of jazz like that so <clears throat> you know McCoy Tyner and stuff like that so I um I, I really got into the whole jazz and classical thing, and I really went all in on that. And I thought it was really cool. Realized, you know, there's like a handful of working film scores that are like really doing it. It's tough. It's a tough mm-hmm. thing to get into. No, no kidding. So, like, I still do kind of some stuff like that. I've done some like video game stuff or short films. Um, but I decided, okay, I've got that under my belt. And then and I found out about. Sorry. Even before that, sorry. What instruments were you primarily writing on? Um, so I, I got started on piano, but um, mainly I, in this band I was talking about in high school, I played bass and sang lead, and then I, I play guitar mainly. So I kind of dabble a little okay. bit. I'm an absolutely terrible drummer, but if any band is hearing this and they need a drummer, I will be your drummer. I just you will, will suddenly full, I would love, the best drummer. I would love to be a drummer in a band. It's just that no one ever lets me because I'm really bad. Oh, well, that's a good way to sell it, so... Yeah, so if you're looking for that bad drummer sound, like, yeah, hit me up. Oh. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of dabble, like, you know, Master of None type of thing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, okay, so you... So I did the film scoring, you know, jazz composition thing, and then I found out about this neat school in England, in Liverpool. Actually, Paul McCartney um, founded this school called the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts. So I went there uh, after two years in Edmonton. So you hadn't finished your degree yet. You, you went to this other school to finish it. Uh, actually, so the, the degree I entered in Edmonton was a two-year deg- oh. a diploma program. So okay. I finished that, and then... Through that and through, I guess, just some experience type stuff, they gave me advanced standing. So I only had to do two years in England and I got a degree there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that was great. And I I moved over to uh, Liverpool. Never having been to England before, I never really saw Luckily, that. You knew the language. <laughs> Honestly, if you've ever been to Liverpool, I did not speak the language <laughs> that they spoke. I got in a cab the first time, and I had no idea what they were saying to me. Um, the Liverpool accent is amazing. It's called mm-hmm. Scouse, and it's takes some getting used to. Okay. But um, yeah, you know it, that kind of this whole thing where I. I didn't really ever see myself living in England. You know, I had buddies in high school who would like have the Union Jack on their wall or love listening to the Who or the Beatles. And I I love the Beatles, of course, but that wasn't somewhere I saw myself. Mm -hmm. So that all kind of works into this EP where it was like, I didn't really have a, a real deep, personal relationship with England and then, oh my gosh, I'm so excited I can go to London. And it was kind of like, oh yeah, this, you know, this is a place. 
And only upon reflection was I like, wow, this really, you know, became a part of who I was. And like, this actually affected me greatly uh, being able to live in in England for a few years, travel and play throughout Europe and like things that were weird and aren't that big a deal, but they sound like it to or seem like it to Canadian or to Canadian kid like me, like getting radio play in Spain or having a gold record in Norway, like. That's weird. Do you have a gold record in Norway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually do. What? It's in my ba- it's in my bathroom. That's in your bathroom. I guess it's I'm hanging above. My, it's like a humble brag because it's like yeah. everyone sees it. But goes to the washroom. Like, hey, what's that in the washroom? Oh yeah, that's oh. my gold record in yeah. Norway. It's really funny. That's a it's like an EDM pop track that I helped co-write and then I sang on. Oh my god, that's yeah. So, so cool. I had like for a while I had like kids, fifteen year old kids from Norway messaging me on Facebook like, "Are you that Catlin Matheson?" I'm like, "Yeah," but I'm sitting here eating Katie in my boxers like i'm not the guy that you think i am i'm not cool (laughs) at all i'm like very not cool oh that's crazy so then i got a lot of cool experiences from that and that's what little mercy kind of is about it's like i I went back after so sorry i'm getting off track i was in edmonton for two years in england for two years had some awesome experiences touring you know the music uh, the school side of things was very business oriented Mm -hmm. things like marketing plans yeah you should check it out it's lipa is how it goes but Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts or LIPA, if you look it up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of like music business stuff or admin, like planning and marketing. And hey, here's five managerial contracts or label contracts. Find the problems with them. You know, it, it helped you plan. Okay, great. You want to be a rap rock singer? That's awesome. But like, how are you going to make that your living? What's your cash flow situation? Yeah. How do you, how do you plan your month to month? Like, how is this actually going to work? So I learned a lot about how I can't actually be a rap rock singer (laughs) or things like that. You know, it's like you you can kind of formulate your plan from that. Mm -hmm. And in some ways it made me almost too granular. Like I can get down the rabbit hole of planning way too much and not ever doing anything, which is why maybe my debut EP took like two years to come out. But Um, um, I think it might've been, this might be the best time to do it. Then I think it is, you know, uh, so after this time in in England and and traveling and getting to go to Norway and all these cool, you know, I I was able to do a lot of cool things, which I'm fortunate for. I decided like co-write with somebody. uh, Yeah. I had, I had some co-writing sessions with a, with a cool old dude. Um, Maybe you've heard of him. Yeah, so I, I did some co-writing sessions with Paul, with um, Sir Paul McCartney, which is a really surreal, weird experience. You know, just one on one, like you sometimes. and I are in a room a little smaller than this. You know, he was sat at the piano. I brought my guitar in. Um, we played. I played a few songs of mine, and then he. Oh, well, let's try this and let's swap out these verses. Or he'd say, "Okay, wait, I have a harmony idea." So he he'd be like, "Sing harmony over this," and then he'd actually play and sing my chorus on the piano, mm-hmm. which is so weird to hear. Yeah. And then I'd sing harmony. It's like, yeah, Paul McCartney's singing my song. That's yeah. cool, you know? And then, um, wow. yeah, and then I tra- went traveling for a few months. And then at grad, he was back again. Um, and, you know, I shook my hand. And actually, when I approached the, you know, there's obviously like however many graduates, but about seven or eight get to write with him. Um, and, you know, I, he recognized, hey, cat. <laughs> that was always really cool, too. Um, yeah, so after I did that, I moved back to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. kind of got my bearings a little bit and said, hey, I, I want to move back home. I want to be near my parents and maybe get a little bit out of this <laughs> student debt that I've gotten myself into. Yeah. And if I'm going to start um, a career as tenuous as the music industry is, maybe I should 
save some money first. So I did that and, and just started playing a ton of gigs here in the city, playing in other bands. I played it with Micah Visser and I played a band called Finn and I do some cover gigs around town mm-hmm. just to kind of meet people and, and get the name out there and write a whole bunch and do lots of co-writes. Um, just get into the scene a little bit. And now I feel like, okay, I'm kind of in it. I'm yeah. starting to get into it and yeah. into the scene, I mean. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, let's let's drop this EP and see what comes of it. Um, how did you first start getting into the scene? Like you said, you were working with bands and, and performing a lot. What were those first few steps and or those first like, kind of like, I guess, milestones that you noticed that this ball is really starting to roll where you are becoming involved in the community? Yeah, well, becoming in the community, I mean, I don't even know, like, Maybe the people who are truly in it know. I don't even know if I'm in it. Like, who's in it? I don't know. Yeah, but it's like, it's like this bubble. Yeah, it's really like a sure. Winnipeg bubble. So I was always, hmm, I, I don't even know that I'm in it. <laughs> I, I, I like to I think, think that I, <laughs> I, I don't know. But basically, the, the beginning, to answer your question, like, I mean, I moved back to Winnipeg and I just started, uh, like, I will play with anyone. Let's, let's do this, you know? And some of my experience in England was actually as, like, a utility guy, so... I was playing in bands in England where I was, I played keys in like a, I played like synth and like did a lot of Ableton pa- like stuff for this. I don't even know what it was. I can't remember what we were called. I can't even remember what the That's band okay. was called. Basically, I was like a utility guy. So I'd play bass with you. I did rapping for, for like pop, um, pop musicians. I was like the featured rapper. I did all kinds of stuff. So I was like, Are hey. Are you a good rapper? Um, I'm not, I'm not that great of a rapper. No. But I, I still do some guest writing. I just yeah. did. A, I just ghost wrote for Craig David's drummer. He's coming out with a pop record in the UK. I mm-hmm. ghost wrote the rap parts for him, which is so funny. Oh, cool. so I kind of like I'm in the Winnipeg bubble, but I'm kind of trying to keep my foot a little bit in the connections that I made in in England and Norway, which is kind of the whole story of this and the next thing, which is Your forthcoming. Album, which is yeah, which I'm. Yeah, which I'm I'm leaving to work on in, in about a week and a half. Yeah, are you even going to go on tour with this uh, album, Little Mersey? I yeah, I will definitely. I think that that's looking at um, early early in 2018, probably like February March. I'll be touring Canada with it. I, um, just the way that I formulated my plan was that I'm going to drop this, you know, do some promoting, get get some hopefully some some radio. Uh, you know, I'm trying to navigate the waters of PR on my yeah. own so uh, not with great expectations just like hey I made this I'm proud of it let's see if anyone else would Everybody like to listen. listen yeah and then if and then if it does we'll you know we'll, we'll roll from there but immediately after this drops I'm actually going over to Iceland I'm shooting a video there on December 3rd and then I'm going to be recording for two weeks in Oslo for, for the next two weeks and then I'm back and I'm going to you know plug away at this and then probably do a, a tour later on so February March for this of Canada mm-hmm. Crazy. So we're all over the map now. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when's Asia coming into play? <laughs> <laughs> Asia would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just got... It's tough. So you're blonde. You have blue eyes. I think you have a good chance. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I definitely fit in more in like a, in the Norway yeah. where it is something oh, like true. that, right? That's but true. is that always a good thing? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've been doing this whole, like I said, this whole PR thing and, and sharing it with blogs. So like in the coming weeks, I've got blog shares or, or Spotify play, um, playlist posts in like Australia and England and the US and the Netherlands and um, mm-hmm. did I say Australia? I said Australia. I don't know. Well, Canada. Now, now I have. So, and I'm like, oh, I got to go to the Netherlands. Like, what if they like it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of just a cool thing. I mean, I'm so fortunate and glad that um, not lavishly, mind you, but music has let me travel. I won't say the the word that you afforded me because it's not like I'm flying over there on music's time and staying in nice hotels. You know, I'm still crashing on friends' couches. But through the connections that I've been able to make 
being that I've um, been able to make music in a few different places now, mm-hmm. it's nice. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to stay on couches in Canada, in, in England, and in other places in Europe. Um, so I'd love to tour internationally for sure. I, it's just about connecting those dots. And yeah. you kind of got to follow if anyone cares and, and see if they care first or or just go over and hope they care. Who knows? I had a quick question about the whole blog um, post thing. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you get blogs to be wanting to post your or sh- do exclusive releases of Europe? Well, I mean, that's that they're just, really, really wanting to. For sure. It's a stretch. Like, I mean, obviously, the amount of things that I, the time and, and things that I put out, you know, full disclosure, most of them came back and was like, yeah, this isn't our bag or this is not really even the right genre or, mm-hmm. hey, this could use some more polishing, but keep at it. it was tons. And I think you got to have a bit of a thick skin, which is fine with yeah. me. You know, I don't mind getting um, not not negative feedback, but like constructive. Um, constructive feedback. That's totally cool with me. Yeah. And I was fortunate that some of the people I contact, I think there's like 12 out of the maybe, you know, 90 or 80 that I I got in touch with and it's a lot of work like to Mm -hmm. be you know that's something that um maybe a more established or somebody with a bigger wallet um might go to a pr agency which i absolutely applaud you know there's tons of great local and non-local canadian um, pr agencies i just thought hey let's let's see if this has legs i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of do it myself first get a feel for it so that if i go to someone else Eventually, maybe um, I know a little bit about what they're talking about or what yeah. they're facing kind of thing, what it looks like. So I just kind of dip my toe into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's actually really great to hear just as like as a musician myself and maybe the musicians who are listening, hearing like you have all these wonderful successes and you've been <laughs> like with going to school and getting to meet, work with great artists and traveling to Europe. Because like you said, it's not a normal thing for Canadians to just go to Europe and a tour different countries or get a gold album um, <laughs> in a different in a completely different country um, but understanding that you're still going to get received with your rejection and oh, the amount of yeah. work that you have to put in yeah I couldn't I, I couldn't make it more clear if I tried that like I am not you know killing it by any you know what I mean I'm not like super just <laughs> killing it and living the life definitely not you know like I'm I'm just hustling and I think it's fun. You know, like it's, it's fun. That's, I wouldn't be doing it if I was just getting shot down and, and really hating it. I'm getting shot down a lot and it's like, cool. How do I, you know, how do I do this? I'm still, I'm still learning. And, um, I, I wouldn't even say, oh, I've had all this success at all. I've just, um, I've been very fortunate that I have been able to travel a bit and have some cool experiences and, and maybe that's, you know, found its way into the sound. Like some of the references that I, I, um, that some of the maybe deeper cuts or whatever of this album might show references to like like a Swedish singer songwriter. Um, actually, the song that I think we're going to play in a little while is referenced a lot by a Swedish singer songwriter named Daniel Nordgren. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He he has got a song I just couldn't stop playing in university called "Whatever Turns You On" by <laughs> Daniel Nordgren. That's it. And uh, I like, so I my my buddy who who produced this Nils who co-produced this uh, this EP with me we were listening to a ton of that and we we just used to jam around with this little idea that was very much in the same vein as that song and that artist mm-hmm. um and so you know I'm just fortunate that I was able to access through you know the internet through travels weirdo things in different pockets of the world like there's no reason that we shouldn't be listening to Japanese pop or you know Norwegian um singer songwriter stuff that's in norwegian like it's cool you you get access to a whole different thing and i i think why close yourself off to just listening to english speaking or people from you know music from your same culture it's cool so 
Absolutely. I don't know. It's very exciting. Um, we're going to be listening to your song in the end, uh, which has a forward slash I next to it. What does that mean? Yeah, can I touch on the song really briefly? Yeah. So the whole Little Mersey thing, it's it's an EP, but in the way it's kind of an album because there is a little bit of a shape to it, there is kind of an intro track called Alt, and there's an outro track called Milam. And then in the middle, there's kind of this little this little nugget called E. It, it says it's I, but it's it's pronounced E. When you put those together, that means Alt E Milam, which means everything in between. Wow. In Norwegian, so deep cuts. Um, yeah, so actually, this song is neat, I think, because it's just a little nugget in the middle of the in the middle of the uh, EP. The beginning, you can actually at the very beginning of this track, you can hear this demo that Nilsson and I made of a song, or that Nils made, I should say, of one of his songs. Um, and you can hear that because it was on the other side of the tape that we were me- like the actual tape that we were messing around with. Yeah. Then there's this song in the end, which is just about. Bowing over when you when you get head over heels and you're infatuated with someone, you'll just do whatever they say, and it's a dangerous place to be, but a funny place to be. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that track, there's this E, which is the theme, the recurring. It's a piano theme that's kind of recurring throughout, and the piano stuff is you know uh, more influenced by Sigur Ros or um, um, a Wing Victory for the Sullen or Oliver Arnold's or Nils Fram, like kind of more cl- neoclassical stuff. Yeah. So. It's kind of weird. Like, it's not all folk. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. And it's just, for the first time of my own music, I feel like I actually might like listening to it. So that's kind of a (laughs) nice feeling. I'm not saying it's awesome, but it's like, hey, I'm happy with this. So maybe you'll like it. Yeah, you're proud of it. So that's that's the deal with this song. It's a weird little tape intro that was on the other side of the tape. Then we got a normal song that's very short called In the End. And then uh, then there's this little piano outro, which works into the theme of the whole EP. It's the E in... Everything in between. It's and, the in. And the E and EP. No, yeah, the E and <laughs> Alt E Milan. Yeah, so this is a. Uh, great. Um, so, perfect. I was about to ask you, like, if you can give a little bit of info on it, which was great. You That's the song. Exactly so, are did. we going to listen to it? Yes, we are. Uh, make sure you're, everyone, you still tune in. We're here till three. This is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM with Catlin Matheson, our OK Man. I'm Ashley Binyash. We're listening to him talk about his uh, album, or uh, soon to be released EP, uh, Little Mersey. Mersey. Uh, which will be on Sunday, this Sunday, November 26th at the Goodwill. Uh, doors open at 7, starts at 8. Cover uh, at the door is $15. I'm <laughs> like doing hand signals hand and signals. I messed it up. $15. Okay. And Slow Leaves yeah. is opening and Slow Leaves is awesome. Yeah, so you have to go to the show. Uh, we will be right back. We're going to talk about, um, I would like to talk about your songwriting and the pre- the plans you had for your uh, album before and now that it's being released. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's All right, we'll be right back. This is uh, In the End. Defend your pride 
do your best to try and scare me. I won't run and hide. And welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bianyash. I'm here with Catlin Matheson, or OK Man. We are still hanging out. Um, yeah. Listen to your your sweet tunes. <laughs> oh, it's cringy. Sorry. I don't mean to say it like that. <laughs> anyway, cool so tunes. I really wanted to get into your uh, your songwriting style. What ex- what ex- how, how exactly do you find inspiration to write your music and then able to decide what you want to write about and then write it down? Um, I write a lot of probably too many songs about girls. I write a lot of songs about girls. What's wrong with that? Girls Uh, rock. Yeah, girls rock. That is true. Um, How do I, how do I, I what's the question? How do you write music? How do I write music? I like to mess around. um, With girls or with music? With music. With with songs. I like to, um, I don't know. I think I generally, well, I don't know. It's kind of tough. It it, it depends. Sometimes it all kind of comes at once, like a little hook. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a melodic hook or a a word or a, um, you know, a phrase. I'm like this, this is the idea. But a lot of times it does stem from real world experience. You know, all the songs on this are definitely very real worldy like you know the the eternal optimist is the first tune we we played uh, and it's a funny one because or it's funny now because I, I really like this this girl and uh I, I think she knew it but i wrote a letter you know a big heartfelt letter to tell her and sent it to her and i didn't hear back like not at all oh my <laughs> like God. radio silence so the kind of joke there like the whole the hook is like well, maybe she just couldn't find a pen. Like I'm, I'm still waiting on her uh, to get yeah, back to me. Right. But was, I'm going to be eternal optimist. I'll be looking, waiting for that letter forever because oh, I'm sure she just couldn't find a pen. But that's like a real thing that happens, you know. Yeah. So it's funny because it's true, and it's sad because it's true. But it's it's not. <laughs> a lot of them are like sad, but like tongue in cheek because it's kind of whatever, you know. Um, so how do I write music? I I like to co-write a lot, but most of these 
uh, were written solo. A couple were, were co-written with, with my friend Nils when we were um, in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It comes from all over. Sometimes I do a little bit of like a guitar. I do I like a lot of finger picking stuff. And more lately, I've been doing like finger picking stuff and then having to simplify it as I add other instruments because there's like too much going on rhythmically with the guitar. Um, and then you actually edit. Oh, I, I rewrite a ton, like a ton, a ton, a ton. I all, like I, it takes a long time for me to call a song finished Mm -hmm. a really long time. Um, actually, yeah, this is going back to the Paul McCartney thing, but that's one of the things that he told me. Like I had a a lyric, a song that's not on here. I don't even know if you can find it anywhere anymore. It was called a Liverpool monochrome and it had a lyric like it was the, the, the atlas on your door uh, for places you left behind and the guitar in your floor for songs you've yet to find. And his issue with that was like, but the atlas is a book, right? It's a book of maps. So how can you have a book on your door? It's like, it doesn't really make sense. And I meant like the actual situation, the girl that I'm talking about had a map on, on her door. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really make sense. And he's like, you know, a good song would leave that, but like a great song and a great songwriter would edit that until it makes sense. Unless you're going after, in his words, actually audio note, I recorded the whole, uh, one of our, our co-writing sessions, but he's like, unless you're going for, you know, the walrus up your nose and like c- crazy Beatlesy stuff, then that's, you can be nonsensical, but if you're trying to be sensical, be sensical and like edit and edit and edit. And if your song is good, make it great. Otherwise, what, you know, what's the point? Interesting. <laughs> So okay. I do, I do edit a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah, eight months later, you, you know, I'll, I'll be like, no, actually that's better. And that's why I try. That's why it's hard to like write songs and then record them because they end up often developing mm-hmm. and getting a life of their own, especially when you end up playing them live. Yeah. So then the songs that were on this album, um, how long have had you had them before you decided that these are the ones and this is the versions that you are happy with to record and release? Varying degrees, I'd say. Um, some of them are, you know, like a year or a year and a half old. Uh, and then some were written like like a couple of days before we recorded them. Um, it just felt right. Like, uh, the, especially the two that are were really like brand new. I just, we were met, actually, Nils had had to get some songwriting songs done for his songwriting class. So we got up and we're like, we got to write songs. And we wrote like three songs that day. And uh, two of them ended up on this. I think we wrote a bunch more that didn't obviously, but I don't know. It just felt right. And it felt like this EP was very much an exploration between me and my, one of my close friends, Nils. And so those songs felt like they belonged, mm-hmm. um, but it, it'll, it'll depend a lot. And yeah, like I said, I like to edit a lot. Um, and the whole production that adds another whole other element. Like, I mean, eternal optimist, the, the song we listened to first, it's kind of got a weird honky tonk thing. And in the end, which we just listened to has the whole, it's a little bit too like stomp clap hey ho Mumford and Sons for me kind of now but that's just the way it ended up you know that's yeah. that's the way that the production kind of went mm-hmm. so some of it's premeditated and some of it has a life of its own and you just <laughs> do you think that the roll with the punches uh, sorry cut no. you off the um, the way that they have been recorded for the album has influenced how you will now be performing them in the future or will you still perform them a certain way um, it, and it's just kind of like a special different version of it on the album mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of both i'd say like eternal optimist i keep going back to that song but um it's the first song in the ep and um it um like it started out as kind of a solo singer songwriting songwritery thing i was influenced by 
Jonas Alaska, who's a Norwegian singer songwriter. Um, but his, you know, it's very like solo y. And then as I started playing with a band, it kind of became more and more of this like almost leaning towards co- country, like honky tonk kind of thing. And so that was like live music influencing the recording process. 